Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. Just want to take the time here to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need, get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com. Get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcast help you out. Pretty Easy Podcast is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with a complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcast caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to Pretty Easy Podcasts. Sign up today, be heard, have some fun podcasting, and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. is cooking it's still football but it's professional football reimagined this is our moment our story to tell this is history begun this is the xfl welcome football fans this is the week of october 13th 2019 this is the road to 2020 and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. This week, the league officially announced its draft for October 15th and 16th, and season tickets went on sale. We'll speak to Commissioner Oliver Luck as we discuss the draft process and a whole lot more. It's episode 90, the draft process, and we are 17 and a half weeks away from kickoff 2020, Bryant, and this arguably best week so far on the road to 2020. Alan, it's it's been one of those weeks, man, that we we expected. We've been speculating for a long time that this was going to happen, and it did. You know, mark your calendars, October, what was a few days ago? The 6th of October, I'll put it. Uh, things started going crazy. No more speculation about this draft. No more... Uh, rumors it's all fact we're here to uh to kind of analyze the facts that the xfl has been putting out for the last few days yeah and, and a lot a lot of facts a lot of processes to break down so the draft and how it will work came out this week we're gonna go into the nuts and bolts of it ourselves but also with commissioner oliver luck we spoke with him a little bit earlier today we are live on youtube this week for the show and of course if you're listening to the podcast version the show's coming out earlier than normal as well because it was a big week so we're going to have two shows this week today we discuss the draft process we discuss season tickets and we have oliver luck on the program it's a big one it's a good one uh so tonight thursday night is this first episode of the week and that's what we're talking about saturday It's not going to be live on YouTube, Brian, but it will come out on the free feed for everybody, and that's where we are going to break down all the players that we can and and really scream at each other about the draft 
before the draft actually happens. So that'll be Saturday afternoon. I cannot wait for that one as well. That one may be a little bit more argumentative. Yeah, a little change of the schedule this week. It happens. It has to happen. It happened with team names. It happened with the announcement of cities as well. And it's going to happen with this draft. So stick with us. We'll get you covered all the way. But yes, Alan, Saturday, uh, friendships are aside, and we're going <laughs> at it. We're going to determine some of the best players that the league has been putting out. Uh, today they've uh, released phase four of their groupings. We'll go into that a little bit too. But now about 800 players have been announced, 1,000 total. Uh, lots of players to get into. I've been sitting up till 3 in the morning analyzing all these players. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Yeah, I, wow, three in the morning. You're you're on my level now. You're you are getting serious for this draft. I like it. Yeah, I'm ready to talk some players, and that'll be Saturday. Today will be nuts and bolts to give you information on how this draft's going to work. October fifteenth and sixteenth. That's next Tuesday and next Wednesday. It'll be a two day event where we're going to have what seventy players drafted, along with some quarterbacks getting distributed among the teams. And it's going to be a monumental day for the league because it's going to be the day, you know, players actually join the league officially en masse. We already do have Landry Jones. Don't forget about him. But it was an awesome week. Season tickets also getting gobbled up by a lot of fans in the cities. I know, uh, Bryant, in L.A., you said you, you you ran into some people, some friends of ours who are, who are getting them, and they're, and they're affordable. We're going to talk all about that and how you can get season tickets if you're looking to get those in any of the eight cities. So it's going to be a really fun show today. Like we said, Commissioner Oliver Luck will be on the program. Thank you so much to everybody who is joining us live on YouTube. It is rare that we do the regular show live on YouTube, and we look forward to doing it maybe a little bit more for you, but it was a special week, so we said let's do it Thursday night. So if anybody caught the tweet at XFL Show or on Instagram or wherever, Facebook, uh, thank you for joining us. And and remember, if you want to join us for a live show, if you're listening to the podcast version, say, ah, I could have listened to that live. I was doing nothing on Thursday night. Well, make sure you follow us at XFL Show on all social media, and you can uh, get the links there. So it's a, it's a pretty big week for the XFL, and, well, <laughs> pretty, lightly. pretty big week also for us ourselves, Bryant, because to start things off before we get into – Everything we're going to get into on this week's show, 17 and a half weeks from kickoff, uh, I, I think we, we we could say maybe we broke through a little bit, or at least we, we proved ourselves maybe a little bit worthy because we have news, everybody. No drum roll needed. Let's just tell you straight up, we will be at the XFL draft in Stamford, Connecticut next week. Let that sink in, everybody. This is the XFL show. We'll be in the building for the XFL draft next week. The preseason that'll only happen one time, Bryant. We're going to be there for the biggest moment of it, the XFL draft. Uh, Alan, right now I'm letting it sink in to myself because it's still unmanageable. But yes, we will be live uh, with the league during the draft. It's going to be an awesome opportunity for us. Uh, can't wait to to get in there, get into some coverage that probably you're not going to find anywhere else. So we're really excited. Uh, thank you to the league for this opportunity. And Alan, I I, I don't know. I, I guess we we've 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 been we've been interviewing a bro- we interviewed a broom for so long. I guess you could say when the XFL first came out. Now it's time to get into the nitty gritty, and I'm excited to actually be working with the league on this one. Yeah, it's going to be cool. They're giving us as fans access. This is what it's all about. 
fan engagement in the XFL, a league that is truly trying to reach out to its fans and make them a part of it. I think we are kind of the embodiment of that, Bryant. We are total football fans. We are freaks who started this show the week the league was announced because we were so excited. And now we have the opportunity to engage with people at the league, witness everything going down, and hopefully give fans like us uh, a chance at accessing what's going on behind the scenes, talk about everything going on. We're going to be doing our normal bickering while we're there in Stamford. We're going to be re- reacting to the league news just like everybody, but we're going to be doing it there under the same roof as Oliver Luck and all the league executives who will be running the draft. It is going to be a lot of fun, and we encourage you to go to XFL.com, follow them on social media everywhere, because it's going to be an epic two-day event for the XFL, and they are really going to be engaging with fans, and we are super happy to be a part of it. So next Tuesday and Wednesday, October 15th and October 16th, the XFL draft in Stamford, Connecticut, we will be there, baby. And thanks to everybody who's been riding on the road to 2020 with us uh, to uh, get to this point. This is really huge for not just us, but for all the fans who are looking for a football league that is going to allow them to be a part of it. So here we go. Draft time. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Things are never going to be the same after next week, Bryant. You can never complain to me again about well, how are we going to fill out this this rundown. Officially, no more of that. Like you said, we were make make doing make them ups and make them up topics here we go though there's a i mean there's way too much to get into we got oliver luck an interview with oliver luck to play here shortly where he's going to get into the nuts and bolts of the draft process it is super super awesome uh, to be an xfl fan right now in the month of october 2019 just 17 and a half weeks from kickoff start feeling it because the electricity is getting it's getting thicker and thicker. You could you could start seating in the air. And here we go. Um, Brian, before we get into this week's cover two also, I just want to make sure uh, that you're on your best behavior next week when we're at the draft. Please, just before we get going into any of this. Well, I don't even know what that means, but I will be on my best behavior. What have you been, who's been telling you what? I, I mean, oh, I know how you get at those, those L.A. Wildcats functions. This is not like that. This is a league function. This isn't as rowdy as those. I don't think it's going to be get to my decorum. Alan, get to my level is all I'll say about this draft. Now it's going to be a lot of fun, and 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 we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to bicker, we're going to banter, we're going to talk, we're going to make some friends. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Stick with us. There's probably way more to announce uh, when we're just five days away from this draft. So, uh, like like Alan was alluding to, we'll be there live. It, It was it was a long and bumpy road. Thank you all for who's been listening to us since day one. Um, and, and, and Alan, we're still not even there yet. And there's still so much. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue to grow this as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Yeah. Five days away. If you're listening live on YouTube and, uh, you know, last show we speculated about what this draft process would be like. I have to admit, Bryant, you were kind of right. You were talking about positional (laughs) groups. That's what it is. It's in phases. I will. I also would like to start the show off today by apologizing to you. I did not believe you one second, but you kind of hit it. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head. I, I, I think this is kind of best of both worlds, really. We'll get into it a little bit. But last week, I did. Dis- we we all discussed what we thought each coach was going to do. Uh, Vince, Jake, Allen, and myself all said. Well, Jake said wide receiver for everyone. That's actually quite possible. More possible than it was last week, based on the rules. But we all discussed what uh, position we thought each coach was going to go for with their first overall pick. Allen, I alluded to what you're saying. 
about maybe that there's going to be some restrictions in the draft that you have to draft. I was thinking more specifics, like you have to draft a running back by the third round, or you have to draft a defensive lineman in the fourth round, something like that. So this is a little more spread out. Uh, we had this great discussion last week, and then the, the, the following day, the rules started coming out about the draft. So it all kind of went move. We didn't get too much social reaction on what last week's episode was about, but more so about what we're going to talk about this week. And we're going to get into it here in just a second. We'll be right back after this quick uh, teaser for everyone who's not on the Patreon. We want to let you know about our Patreon where we do a bunch of bonus content. So you could check out this real qu- this quick promo this ad that you would not have to ever listen to if you were a member of the patreon and then when we get back on the other side of it we'll get into all the goodness of this awesome week of fan engagement and announcements right here on this is the xfl show where football goes to be reborn where football goes to be reimagined where one goes to find more of what they need. A place with endless possibilities and hidden gems. A place where only one's limitations determine how much is explored. A place that gives you all the football you can handle and more. This is the XFL Show's Patreon. Guiding you to February 2020. All right, Bryant. Season tickets are out. Fans are putting deposits down. The price ranges are out. The experiences and the the perks you get for being a season ticket holder are out. We need to discuss all of that before we get to our Oliver Luck interview. Are you ready to break some of these things down? Because I have some questions. I don't know about you. I've been full of questions and hopefully some answers by the time we're into, we're the we're over with this show. Absolutely. And it's going to be the first part of this week's cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. Okay, so season tickets on sale now. Go to XFL.com and you could uh sign up for whatever city you're in and put a deposit down. That it's 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 real, baby. The the gates are open. They're open for business. You could sign up today. And, and we know people who are doing it because it's so dang affordable, Bryant. $20 per game was the cheapest I saw. I saw season tickets that were $100 for the whole season for the L.A. Wildcats. If I was in L.A., I definitely, I mean, those might were probably the cheaper seats, but hey, that's pretty rad. And also season ticket members get all kinds of crazy benefits. What did you think about the price ranges? We've talked a lot about it going into it. It's official now. Is it officially affordable? If you can go to a football game for $20 in the NFL, it's probably week 17 between two last place teams. This (laughs) is something that you're going to have to really take into perspective, right? The XFL, a brand new league, uh, needs to make money, but they're also going to try to get you into the building. And $20 to get into a a stadium where there's going to be football being played, professional football, uh, you really can't beat that. And talk about all the perks that you were were mentioning as well. There's a lot of great benefits to being a season ticket holder, and I think – you get to the higher ends it's about four hundred dollars or so for the premium seats for the entire season but you still can get to the to the stadium for a, a relatively affordable price especially compared to the uh to the complement that is the nfl uh, that's 
really well put. Is set week 17 between two terrible teams. I just looked it up. Week 14, the Dolphins play the Jets. I'm going to definitely be looking at prices for that game. <laughs> In end of the near the end of the year in the NFL, no way it comes close to taking a family of a, a, a whole family to a game for you know 20 bucks a ticket. I mean, it's that's amazing. That's that's exactly what the league was talking about, and that's what they're giving people. Really cool to see that. And if you go to the the website or if you got the email about season tickets from the league, uh, the perks you get for being a founding season ticket member, which is founding, like we've been talking about, the prestige that goes along with being a a, a season ticket holder or a fan for season one, Bryant. You're calling yourself the first fan of a team. Uh, I mean, it's like a badge of honor you could wear forever, but also like legitimate perks you get from that now. If you're a founding season ticket member, the XFL has given up VIP field passes for at least one home game, which is awesome. I mean, how many times do you get to go on the field to a Rams game, Bryant? Uh, never. <laughs> I've never been on the field of a Rams game, so that's pretty cool. But to have that, that's that's kind of the number one, I would think, at this point. I've been to more Pitt and Steeler games than I could uh, count. College and pro, never got an invite to, to be on the on the field. My family's been season ticket holders since 1960. And that's still not the first fans. I get, you got to be the first fan. Also, a season ticket price lock for the first two seasons, which really I think is awesome because if you get one of these lo- lower tier uh, season tickets, Bryant, considering you know the, the league might be super success- successful as we all hope and, and imagine, those season tickets could, you know, theoretically go up a little bit for everybody else who hops on the bandwagon in year two. And uh, to have that price lock, huge, very smart. Uh, to be locked in for two prices. I mean, that, I mean, sorry, excuse me, two seasons. That's pretty huge. You, you, you're, you're going to be, Hey, I know my price for next season. I enjoyed this so much. I don't have to worry about price hikes. uh, If the XFL takes off the way a lot of us are hoping uh, to be locked into a price, I mean, you basically are just solidifying what you're going to do next spring into in 2021 as well. Okay, so right now, if you're live on YouTube with us, because the magic of video, even though we're a podcast, we're getting into this video thing, Bryant, where we're fancy with graphics <laughs> and stuff. You put together this Ooh, uh, this season tickets uh, uh, graphic and infographic here that we uh, we're going to talk about. So it'll, it's kind of accompanying us. But if you want to visualize it, everybody, you could see in in the different price tiers. You've got season tickets for some teams. Uh, we're looking at what the Battle Hawks I'm looking at right now, Bryant. A five game package for four hundred and fifty dollars for the best seats in the house, tier one. I mean that is that is less. That's way less than half the price of season tickets to most NFL teams. And we're, we're talking about the sport of football, a very expensive sport to take your family out to see. The, I mean, I cannot understate how, how much of a home run the XFL hit this week with making these games affordable for fans top to bottom, tiers one through tier seven. This is really cool. Yeah, it gives you an idea too of how Nick close in the atmosphere is going to get. They're not. I mean, we we've talked about some of the barns that these teams are going to play in, right? They're going to be in huge um, stadiums, MetLife Stadium, the the Dome at America Center. Uh, we're worried if the if the fans are going to be too spread out. They're going to bring bring them in, bring them niche a little close here. Audi Field looks great here for the DC uh, defenders, um, Alan. So, 
I'm looking, I think if I remember correctly, the New York prices were the most expensive for the premium seats there. Um, for whatever reason they decided to do that, but I'm looking at this. You can get on the 40 yard line for like 200 bucks for the season. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. And, that's ridiculous. Uh, I, I this wish. is 2019. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, it, it costs me money just to go down the street and, and go to the grocery store. It's, it's expensive just to go get like a Gatorade because then you're at aren't you, they're <laughs> gas and all that. I mean, it's expensive to live, but making it as affordable as possible. That's what we call fan friendly. And the XFL did that. So you could see the price, the price ranges here on our YouTube channel. If you're watching live with us, or if you're watching the YouTube after the fact, we do post all the shows on YouTube. But in addition to the perks you get, the great prices the XFL is given, um, I, I'm really interested in in some of these other perks for season ticket holders, Bryant, like early access to the XFL's football advisory network. We're going to play the Oliver Luck interview here shortly, but uh, before we talk to him, I, we kind of didn't really know exactly what that was. And it sounds like it's going to be something pretty cool. The league hasn't officially like announced exactly what it is or how you can be involved with it, but essentially the league is going to have – a a whole system for fans to kind of be surveyed and let their voices be heard. Remember they're listening. That's how we've ended 90 episodes of this show and they're still listening and they're going to be listening as the season continues on Alan. That, it's going to be a great little access. Uh, Oliver like gets into that as well, but it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what that is. And I think uh, let, alone though, the, the, the big perk for, for, season tickets besides being at the game is VIP experiences and you get year round VIP experiences with season tickets. Like I know so many season ticket holders, Bryant for a variety of teams, not just in the NFL. I know people who go to Kings games and in LA for hockey. I know people who go to penguins games out here in Pittsburgh. Um, and you know, these people pay so much money, thousands of dollars for their season tickets and, you know, sometimes they'll get access to go to like a luncheon that they still have to pay for. Like VIP experiences to me is is the team, you know, kind of scratching your back. The team making you feel important and, and a part of it because you are essentially, you know, paying for a lot of what's going on. They're a lot of their product. You're making their jobs possible as a season ticket holder is how I look at it. So VIP experiences, you know, invites to part team parties, invites to the field meet and greets, stuff like that. Some teams don't even do meet and greets for their season ticket holders or, or they'll just do them once in a year, which is a joke. This is amazing. And the XFL really put a lot, I think a lot of boxes in front of them when they decided to how to approach season tickets along with their partners, elevate sports ventures. And I think they checked all the possible boxes you could. Yeah. The, uh, the Wildcats, I believe this week, that might be the other teams, but the only one I want to quote is the Wildcats because I mean, obviously, I'm a Wildcats fan, but they are going to have a uh, draft party, uh, exclusive uh, draft event, I believe, coming up this week with Coach Moss. They they email that details to season ticket holders and deposit holders already, so they're already starting. and And I've uh, how do I put this? I've said on this show many times how cool it is to go to these meet and greets, to talk to Coach Moss. To I, I talk a Saints game with Norm Chow. Uh, I've I, you know Heather. Uh, carrots has been so gracious with her time to spend you know talk to us and things like that it's so cool to to go to these meet and greets but now as a season ticket holder you get like exclusive meet and greets where there's going to be such a, a closer niche of, of 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 a group of people it's going to be pretty cool so 
season tickets are the way to go. And like I said, they're, they're not that bad uh, as, as pricing goes, uh, get yourself some, if you can, uh, I don't see how any of these perks are going to deter you from not getting these. The, the perks are just, I didn't expect perks. Did you expect perks when they were going to announce season tickets? I mean, with how I've, I've been beaten over the head with ex- crazy prices and, and nothing except maybe like uh you know, a giveaway at a baseball game. You know, I don't feel like I'm engaged with anymore as a fan by most uh, teams at sporting events I go to. So no, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. It's this much. It's so cool. I mean, look, $20. If you want to go, if, Think about it, Brian. You and I used to go to uh, games all the time. Dodger games back when we were kids. We'd go. You could go up to this. I mean, we sound like old men, but this was not that long ago. You would go up <laughs> to the to the ticket box office. You get a six dollar ticket to go sit in the bleachers. But you know now, of course, it's twenty nineteen. But get a twenty dollar ticket to sit up top and watch a football game. It's amazing. They're going to be all kinds of, you know, not just families, but young young people who are going to be able to have fun, you know, weekend day out or, or or night out with their friends to go watch football. This is this is really making it easy, I think, for so many people to get involved. And who doesn't want to go to a football game on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon or Thursday night even later in the season? Brian, I, I caught my first ever home run ball with a $6 ticket at Dodger stadium. Now <laughs> I can, I feel like I can watch the very first ever XFL game for $20 somewhere in that stadium. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I will, I, I'm going to bring in the expert though, because uh, he's the only one who actually has season tickets out of all of us. And maybe Vince can shed some light on exactly uh, the pricing and how, what he thinks about that. Yeah. I, I was taking a look at those and uh, you know, some of them, you know, uh, you know, the really expensive seats, you're talking like four hundred dollars or uh, something like that. And then you're talking, as Alan was saying, you know, up in the up in the cheaper seats, you know, only around, uh, you know, what was it like 20 bucks a game or something like that. Um, so you're talking about four hundred dollars, you know, for the best seats in the house for for the whole season, which is going to be, you know, five games. Correct. Yeah. For, and play, yeah, and then, and then plus playoffs. Yeah. Well, it, it, this is how I think about it. You know, uh, sometimes you got to put things into perspective. Uh, the, the, the cheapest Super Bowl ticket at face value is $800 <laughs> you know, for one ticket. You know, for the, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I have, you know, I, I have club seats. They're not the best seats in the house by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, a single ticket, a single ticket, uh, is around 200 bucks for those seats, uh, for one game. So you think about the value of entertainment that you're getting, uh, you know, to take a a family of four, you know, to an NFL game is going to set you back at least 500 bucks, uh, into a really good college game. You know, it's going to set you back, you know, that that amount whenever you factor in everything uh that you got to pay for here and we've seen uh vince mcmahon do it in wwe uh now obviously he's playing the long game there with a lot of events throughout the entire year but he he's you know this is a much bigger production on a single game for the xfl but you know he always preaches you know best value in family entertainment and i think that's the kind of things that we are seeing here we know the value is in television that that's where big money is going to come from 
So you, you got to really sweeten the pot to get uh, um, people in your stadium. And I think this is an excellent way to do it, especially to start out. Uh, Vince, I don't know about you, but I can get like a family of 50 for like 20 bucks at a UCLA game. I don't know. I don't know how much that's costing you there, but but no, you're right. It is great value if you think about the family aspect of it all. You can get, you can go to the stadium, uh, you know, for less than a hundred dollars probably, uh, and, and take the family out for a night uh, of football. You can't do that in the NFL. You can't do that pretty much in college as well. So it's great value, I guess, is the way you put it, and that's well said. Is the value of a ticket to a football game is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go see this Joker movie tomorrow, and I guarantee you, with popcorn. In crazy prices at when you don't if you don't go to a matinee, I'm gonna spend more at a movie than I would going to sit in the in the upper deck at a at an XFL game. So, just again, this is this is you know saying you're gonna do something and delivering it. You know it's it's almost rare nowadays from a sports league. So uh, really great to see the XFL actually do it. Um, and yeah, if you uh, we know fans are hitting us up on social media at XFL Show. Uh, excited as hell that that they're getting their season ticket emails and their the league's reaching out to them. Essentially, I look at it this way: this week, uh, the door is opened, and, and and the XFL is now open for fan engagement, open for business, and let's all get involved. Uh, I mean, we're going to the draft next week, and we're we're going to be involved with that. But the, the of course, the best way to be involved with your football team is to be at the games, and this is the way you do it. Season tickets now on sale at XFL.com. So cool. Uh, such a monumental uh, week for the league. And, Vince, you showed up just in time live on YouTube because now we're going to play uh, our interview with Oliver Luck from earlier today, and he gets into the nuts and bolts of the draft process. Now, I know we're going to talk about it afterwards, but did you see everything that came out? Do you understand it? Do you need any clarification? Yeah, I, I've really been reading up on this, uh, you know, all the different stages and, and uh, you know, dra uh, draft positioning for each phase and, and how all that's going to work out, number of rounds and stuff. I've really been studying up. I think it's a very interesting concept. This is really the first time I've sounded off about it. Uh, and I can't wait to hear what you guys are, are saying and certainly what, what Mr. Luck is saying about it. Uh, but I, I think it's good. I think it's making the draft a, a little bit simpler and, and it's going to have a nice flow to it. I'm, I'm very excited. Good, crisp football. Would you say it's going to be a, a good, crisp draft then, Vince? With how it's oh, structured? yeah. It's always good when you have a draft blowing in. <laughs> if, if it is, it's a little crisp. Yeah. You, you know, you, I, I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> well, let, let's get it. If you, let's get into this. If you really need clarification on how this thing's going to work, why? I mean, we'll explain it some more. But why have us do it when the commissioner himself could talk about the draft process, what in, what went into it, and, and everything that's going to happen next week during the XFL draft? Earlier today, we spoke with the commissioner of the XFL, Oliver Luck, right here on this is the XFL show. Commissioner Oliver Luck, welcome back to This Is The XFL Show. Last time we checked in, there were no team names. The league was conducting summer showcases. How busy have you and your team been the last few months putting together these pivotal pieces together with team identities and the draft and season tickets? Yeah, we've been busy, obviously. It's, it's been a great time because, you know, we're, we're sort of breathing life into, you know, all the different things that need to come together to launch the league, so... You know, I would say that, you know, early on, 
when, when, when I joined the XFL, the focus was really the playing rules and what kind of a game did we want. And then we sort of moved our focus to coaches and, you know, fleshed out all of our coaching staffs and the football operations staff and got our team presidents, you know, up and running. And really the last three or four months has, has been, I think, the most fun time because, you know, we were able to get those showcases done and now we're focusing on players, you know, and obviously leading up, you know, to this draft and, and then, you know, beyond as we populate our team. So, you know, there's been a, a little bit of a, you know, of a method to, to what we've been doing, but it's, it's been great because I think the most fun part for me and for most of us, you know, at the league is to be around players and give players opportunities and, you know, just have the excitement and the, you know, the passion that these guys have for playing the game. You know, they, they're, they're out there truly for the love of football, and, and that, that's rewarding because that's why we're all doing this. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a really awesome time for the players as they learn where they go. The draft coming up, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that in a minute, but the league has been really upfront with how it wants to engage with fans. You've been talking about that a whole lot in the build-up to 2020, and Really, no kidding, because, I mean, we've seen some awesome team get-togethers around the country at each of the eight cities. Uh, the summer showcases gave fans field access as well. And now the league is upping the ante and allowing our show in the building during the XFL draft. First of all, we want to say thank you for the in invitation, Mr. Commissioner. We cannot wait to be there for this awesome two-day event next week. Well, uh, we're, we're glad you can make it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. It uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often that a team, you know, drafts 70 players and, and literally builds the roster, you know, over the course of a couple of days. So it's a special moment. Our teams, our directors of player personnel, the head coaches that, of course, as you guys know, serve also as the general manager, uh, assistant coaches. You know, they've, there's a whole bunch of folks that have focused on, on October 15 and 16 is really the beginning of, you know, sort of building the competitive structure of the league. So it's going to be fun. We uh, just went through a, a mock draft, in fact, today, oh, wow. where we tested all of the technology and worked through potential, you know, glitches and potential failures. So we feel very good. We're going to have a, a, a smooth, a very efficient uh, draft that ultimately leads to sort of the two or three things that we wanted to get out of the draft. One was parity. That was, a you know, a, a critical sort of, you know, mile – or I should say a critical goal for us. We want to come out of the draft, you know, with all eight of our teams, you know, feeling pretty good about their strengths and, and, and where they are with the talent. We wanted something that was efficient because you got to, you know, we're drafting 560 guys. That's a lot, you know, over the course of two days. And we also wanted, you know, for the fans, transparency uh, so that people really had a, a very good idea of where all these guys are coming from, who they are, what their backgrounds are, and they get a sense of the, you know, the quality of the talent that we have. I, and I'm, I've been very happy. I've been really, you know, very positively, you know, um, not, not surprised, but very pleased with, you know, the number of guys that we have who were in NFL camps, you know, this past summer and, you know, unfortunately didn't make it, uh, you know, during the September, uh, you know, cutdown. So a great response from those guys, great response, of course, from the guys that, that we had in the showcase and other, you know, there were a number of guys that couldn't make, showcases that are in the draft pool as well so we feel really good about the quality uh level of our draft and the depth of it commissioner i've been saying it on our show and, and i'll keep saying it here is this is a preseason that we are never going to have again right this is something that uh, building up to a league uh, a 70 person draft some people thought that was unimaginable so uh, unimaginable excuse me 
uh, not too long ago. But really, the league, the draft is uh, October 15th and 16th, two-day event. Two-day event is broken up into phases, as we see. Can you talk a little bit about the phases? I know you mentioned parity. Was that the reason for the different, the five different phases over two days? Uh, can you talk a little bit about the thought process going into the phase portion? Yeah, so the you know parity was was something that we really wanted to achieve, you know, as best we could, right? Uh, knowing that you know certain coaches you know run certain styles of offense and, and are going to draft certain types of players, but we wanted uh, you know parity to be sort of a hallmark of of the draft. And you know, uh, unlike let's say the NFL draft, where all players, all positions are you know put into one group. Uh, you know, we decided that it made more sense to uh, divide up the players into basically five groups or five phases, five buckets. It's almost like it's five separate drafts, right? And that uh, yeah. the five phases that we're calling them, uh, number one, offensive skilled players, number two, offensive linemen, number three, defensive backs, defensive skilled players, number four, defensive front seven, and then the fifth category is uh, specialists. Right, kickers, punters, uh, long snappers, uh, return guys, and others. Um, you know that'll be in there. You know some teams won't run. You know won't draft a tight end or a fullback. Others will. So we wanted to make sure there's enough flexibility with that that fifth group uh, where teams could load up on slot receivers or you know or uh, you know fullbacks or H backs or, or whatever the case would be. So those those five groupings, those five phases. Uh, each have a, a different draft order. We think that will help parity. And ultimately, we think that uh, it, it's fairly efficient to do it that way. That means that, you know, the positions are each each critical position is pretty well stocked at each team, you know, for the beginning beginning of mini camps in December. And uh, it's also, I think, very transparent. Right. You know, we'll we'll see how the teams approach it. But uh, we think that made sense uh, in, in terms of us trying to achieve parity as, as, as best we can. Yeah, I think it's super fascinating, the the, the phase aspect of this. Uh, I know uh, we know Coach Moss is probably going to be itching for that third phase, the offense getting to go first, <laughs> Commissioner. But how was the draft order determined for, for each phase? Did you personally uh, pull out names out of a hat? How'd that work? Yeah, we did a, a lottery, basically, where uh, we, we pulled, uh, you know, we pulled uh, – T-shirts that were wrapped up, you know, sort of like a like a Christmas gift. Pulled cool. T-shirts out of a tumbler, sort of like they do on you know the old school lottery. We did that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the uh, you know the draft order was then determined, and and it wasn't like the team that you know that won the lottery had first pick in each of the drafts. They had the first choice of the various positions. So there was position A, B, C, D, etc., all the way through. And position A may have been you picked third in the offensive skilled position draft, or you picked sixth in the uh, defensive line draft, right? You know, we, we tried uh, to, to kind of make it, again, as fair as possible to create as much parity as possible. So we did that uh, in the office a, a couple of weeks back. Commissioner, I wanted to talk a little bit because going into the draft, you know, you're, there's 70 players going to be drafted next week, but there is one player that's going to be assigned, and that is, I assume, the Tier 1 quarterback. Is that still the, the case? Are tier one are, are all eight teams going to get eight tier one quarterbacks each? Yeah, so a quarterback will be assigned to each team. That'll be uh, done before the draft, and we'll make that public before the draft. Uh, but I will emphasize uh, to y'all, that, and that's based on on you know the 
the priority list that the coaches gave us of the quarterbacks that they wanted, sort of, you know, as they ranked them. And then we, we got those quarterbacks that were available. And I, I emphasize, you know, the phrase that were available uh, because we will continue to uh, look for, for, for quarterbacks. You know, I believe 100% the quality of our league is going to be in large part based on the quality of our quarterback play. So uh, we will have a quarterback assigned to each team, uh, but, it, but it's not the end of it, right? This is just sort of a moment in time. We'll continue to talk to agents and talk to quarterbacks. And uh, as guys, you know, fall off of what, what we call the NFL tree, they might, uh, you know, be released from a practice squad or whatever. Uh, they'll be, we'll, we will continue to, to try to sign some of those guys. So, yes, there'll be an assignment, one quarterback per team. Uh, but we're not finished with that process. This is just sort of a moment in time. We're what six weeks into the NFL season, so we think that there will be, you know, continued movement of some of those quarterbacks that our head coaches sort of value, you know, greatly. If that if that makes sense. Oh yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. Does that include Landry Jones in that grouping then? Uh, Landry will be in that in that first grouping that'll be assigned, uh, you know, before the draft. Yes. Awesome. This is a really exciting time. We've been waiting for this draft for a long time, Commissioner. Compared to the other league-building, we'll call them benchmarks, the pivotal moments for the league as it puts itself together, did this one have the most moving pieces, the draft? What was the process like in securing commitments and getting players into the actual draft pool? Yeah, it, it probably did have the most, uh, you know, moving parts. I mean, I think we'll end up, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday morning with close to, 1,200 guys in the draft pool, uh, including, you know, a significant number of guys who, you know, who were, were, were cut, you know, this past September, uh, Labor Day. So you, you've, got, you've got agents involved. You've got, you know, lots of players involved. Uh, we are obviously a startup league, so there are lots of questions about, you know, how, how it's going to operate and, you know, this and that. Um, you know, and, of course, we're, you know, we're right in the middle uh, you know, the NFL season. So, you know, just the other day, I think a couple, we had to take a couple guys out of the draft pool who got signed by NFL teams. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a constant sort of movement, you know, of, uh, of the players. Uh, and, and it was a pretty, uh, you know, pretty complex process. But, you know, everybody from Eric Alco, who oversees our personnel, on down to the DPPs, the directors of player personnel at the team level, to all of our staff, I think we all, you know, we're we're really pointing towards the 15th and the 16th as a, you know, as a sort of a milestone moment, right? We we flesh out our, you know, our 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 rosters for the first time, and that's that's kind of special. So keep in mind though that of the 70 guys drafted, you know, some of those guys, uh, you know, may never put a uniform on, right? Because of, you know, a, a supplemental draft that we're planning on towards the end of November. And because of uh, what very well may happen, we think will happen, you know, early January with uh, players who come off of NFL practice squads uh, and, you know, want to participate in our league, want to play in our league. So uh, we saw that with uh, even last year with the Alliance. So, you know, of these 70 guys, you know, it very well could be that, you know, geez, maybe only, you know, 45 or 50 end up, you know, making that roster. So that competition is going to be great. That's going to make us, I think, a better league and make make every player a better player. With so many players, you, you talk about 
a thousand players that are going to be eligible for this draft pool. It's hard to pick out one to talk because everybody has their own special story. But I did want to bring up one player uh, because I think it's a rarity and something we've really never seen before. And that's Kenny Robinson Jr. Who's foregoing college and actually headed to the league to play for you in the spring. Uh, how big is, is having a player like that maybe opening the door for more college players next year and the years after that? Well, Kenny's a, a, a very unusual case. I'm, I'm, I'm very you know, glad that he's with us and that we were able to you know, give him this opportunity. He you know, played two years of college football his freshman year uh, at my alma mater, West Virginia, his sophomore year where he was an all Big 12 safety. And then uh, he was ineligible to play this year because of uh, you know, academic issues that he had. So uh, he's eligible for the NFL draft in, in 2020, right, April of 2020. And basically he's using – you know, the platform of the XFL season this year to, uh, in his mind, you know, improve his draft status. So from the perspective of a guy who says, and he's a pretty good player, one of the, one of the uh, you know, rating agencies, I can't remember which one, maybe Pro Football Focus, said that, um, you know, that he's a potential first-round choice, you know. But he's using a, the season uh, to improve his, you know, draft standing as opposed to the, sort of the traditional route you know, which has been, uh, you know, the combine, right? You know, working out, you know, going to the combine, et cetera, et cetera. So I find that to be fascinating, you know. So there's not, I guess he's a little bit of a unique case. I'm not sure there's going to be that many guys like Kenny that fall into that position, but effectively he's, he's done. He withdrew, withdrew from college. He didn't have the opportunity to play college football anymore because the NCAA declared him ineligible because of his uh, you know, academic issues. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm curious uh, to see, you know, how he, uh, you know, as a relatively young guy, you know, how he competes, how he, uh, you know, learns to be a professional and, 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 you know, the benefit I think that he'll have, which I think will be enormous in terms of, you know, NFL teams getting tape on him in a league that's pretty competitive. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to see the, the circumstances for future players uh, similar to Kenny Robinson if they take that leap. Uh, the, we now know the XFL's there and, and provides that opportunity, so it's exciting for players this moment in time. And uh, we, we, you said supplemental draft there, Commissioner. Uh, we haven't heard too much about that. Is there a confirmed date for that? Uh, there's not a confirmed date, but it's certainly something that we're thinking about uh, because, obviously, again, this is a moment in time, October 15, 16. And there'll be, you know, players, you know, after our draft, you know, that become available, you know, for a variety of reasons. So we're trying to figure out when the best time for that would be more than likely towards the end of September. Uh, I'm sorry, the end of November. So real quick, before we let you go, uh, season tickets, they get released this week. And, and it's uh, really exciting. Fans are, 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 you know, already putting deposits down. We saw they were as low as $20 for a game or 100 for a season. How important was it to keep? Uh, season tickets affordable for fans. Yeah, I mean it was clearly a goal from you know from day one for us to do that. You know we're all about access for the fans. We're all about you know giving the fans a voice. But you know most importantly, you know we're about you know providing a, a very good you know opportunity for fans to really enjoy you know America's favorite sport, football. You know I, I attend a lot of NFL games. They can get pricey, as you guys know. So the fact that, you know, you'll be able to take a family of four, you know, uh, for well under $100 is, I think, 
pretty cool, you know, and I think that's uh, an indication of how uh, everybody within our organization from Vince on down, you know, views the opportunity to build this league and, and build it with folks who, you know, may be a little bit priced out of, of you know, other, other sporting events. Well, Commissioner, I want to say thank you again for, for joining us here. And the last question I, I have personally for you is this football advisory uh, network that we keep hearing about. Can you talk a li- anything or, or shed some light on what that is going to be uh, for the season coming up? Yeah, it's something that we've been talking about for a while. And basically, it's sort of a, a, an online forum, a group that uh, you know, can debate the important issues of the day that can help us. Uh, you know, as we innovate and, and, and think about doing different things, can give us some feedback. So, uh, again, it's, it's a group that uh, ultimately will get built and, and ideally have, you know, tens of thousands of members that uh, can serve as a little bit of a sounding board for us, as, you know, as the name says, an advisory group. Very cool. And, and the league essentially opened its doors to fans this week with season tickets and I, I know personally some friends who are going to XFL.com and getting their season tickets out in L.A. And, and, Commissioner, it is an awesome time to be a football fan because the XFL is doing so much with fan engagement, including inviting us to next week's draft. We cannot wait to be there. And, you know, when you're there announcing all the picks, if you need a breather or anything, we're, we're going to need to be in the building. So we got your back if you need us. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> Great talking right. to you guys. Commissioner Oliver Luck on This is the XFL Show from an interview earlier today with Bryant and myself. Bryant, uh, speaking with the commissioner there, uh, has a lot on his plate, but he seemed like a pretty relaxed guy going into these two big draft days next week. The the man has the uh, the steadiest hand in the business. I'm telling you that right now because he he seemed cool, calm, and collected with all the things going on. I I I have two laptops in front of me and I'm frazzled and I feel like I'm not going to make it to the end of the night. I definitely, if I was commissioner, probably would have started cussing at the point where we talked about uh you know putting the draft pool together because I could only imagine how maddening that was because there you're dealing with players, agents, you're dealing with you know trying to kind of nailed down a commitment essentially Vince this is like the most unique kind of recruiting period ever in football uh building a league to create a draft pool and they've done it and we're set up for a draft next week yeah I mean he, he's got to be a little relaxed right now he's he's done all the the heavy lifting here uh setting it up you know for the draft he you know he scouted the players uh you know he signed the players did all the negotiations it's all in the hands of the coaches now who are going to be be selecting the players. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even he- hearing that story about Kenny Robinson and, and you, know, uh, you know, trying to raise his draft stock and forgoing another year of college, I mean, all these different, you know, scenarios and people. We've talked to some of them on the show, you know, coming from all different walks of uh, professional football life uh, all coming together. He, you know, he's really – put together a, a large pool of players. I mean, this is a huge list of guys, and I, I can't wait to see where they end up. Yeah, and we're going to break down the list on our uh, second show. We're going to do a double double show week, two shows this week. Saturday, we're going to do a show where we exclusively pretty much just talk about players, and that's going to be really fun. Uh, yeah, Kenny Robinson, guys like him are rare. Then you've got veterans who are going to be, you know, in there, and guys who were impressive in college, but just didn't crack 
NFL rosters, at least this offseason. Guys like Eric Dungey we saw was recently announced as part of a group. And like you said, Bryant, there's so many players that you can't, it's hard to pinpoint one. But there's Oliver Luck. If you want to uh, tell your friends about the interview, if they missed it live on YouTube it's, or, or, you know, the podcast, tell them to subscribe to the feed at XFL Show. And uh, we look forward to talking to Oliver Luck when we're at the draft next week in Stamford. Bryant, you think he's going to let me uh, announce a pick for the LA Wildcats? <laughs> I, I planted more this. like is Brian going to let you dream. announce a pick for the LA Wildcats? A boyhood dream has come true for Allen. He gets to announce a draft pick for the LA Wildcats. If you presented it in that way, or any I think team. it's possible. I'd do it for any team. I'll do it for a whole phase if they need me. I, I, I yeah, I'd do it for any team too. Probably just not St. Louis. <laughs> or you might actually call them the Los Angeles Battlehawks. <laughs> Where you've been acting. All right, well, there's the Oliver Luck interview. We'll get that uh, also posted. Yeah, we, we love separating it for you, too, if you just want to hear the interview. That'll be up on YouTube later on uh, as well. Let's let's break down the draft process ourselves, though, and go a little back and forth here. I, I, at the top of the show, Vince, I uh, apologize to Brian because he was right, I was wrong. It separated into positional groups. Uh, not a bad thing. I'm just mad that I was wrong. And we're going to break it all down here in this week's Hot Read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, luster. Miller, Tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Got to say the best part about being live on YouTube for an episode is uh, the, the chat room, the chat, the YouTube chat, the live chat. And uh, Manuel just mentioned, holy bleep, we're almost to the draft. Hashtag can't wait. That's right, Manuel. Let's get it. October 15th and 16th next week. Draft is here. The process, we've laid it out. Oliver Luck explained to us the thinking behind it. I still can't believe, Vince, they selected the order Royal Rumble style, essentially. <laughs> yeah, a good old-fashioned tumbler. I mean, at least it was fair. That, that's all I have to say. It was fair, and uh, it's a different order in each phase, which is really interesting. And uh, let's get into the nuts and bolts here. We've been talking about it. So the draft, five-stage process, positional groups in each stage, next Tuesday and next Wednesday, and Eight teams will have their own war rooms. Well, actually, seven teams, Bryant, will have war rooms. The L.A. Wildcats have something different. Yeah, theirs is called a roar room. I think that's an that's a Winston Moss creation for sure. <laughs> I love it. The roar room in L.A. The roar room. <laughs> and there will be, a, a, so essentially, eight, eight different war rooms for each team. But the league office is running everything out of Stamford, Connecticut, at the league headquarters, where we'll be, and it's all going to be funneled through there. So it's going to be uh, really cool to see how, uh, you know, th that whole process plays out. We'll hopefully uh, be able to, you know, give give fans uh, like us a glimpse at what's going on with that in terms of the uh, structure and how picks are delivered and, and announced. Uh, but the stages, 
are the interesting thing here. Brian, you said, you know, let, let's restrict this to positions in maybe each round somehow. You didn't specifically say they do a stage type deal like this, but essentially you were right. They're splitting it up into positional groups. Stage one, though, quarterbacks and skill players with the DC defenders having first pick in that round. What do you think about the decision to go quarterback skill players first, Bryant? And what do you think about now we know that Oliver Luck said the quarterbacks that are being distributed to each of the teams not necessarily going to be the starters, it sounded like to me at least. Well, they're keeping their options open, and we can address that really quick. I think Oliver Luck at the end of the interview basically said, we are, it's a moment in time, he's having players be put on teams now, but, you know, come 2020, February 2020, there's going to be a little different. It's probably going to be, it's going to look a little different than that. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably have a whole show on what that actually means. Alan, I'm not going to give you credit on this whole January thing at this moment in time, because right now we're just in this moment. But, Alan, to, to answer your question about the draft order, I never thought about it, but does the does the way you pick your skill players gonna matter how you pick your O lineman? If you get a top running back, do you? Uh, so many different ways. I like the idea of being able to split this up a little bit. It's a hybrid. I kind of mentioned it earlier of what I said, where you have specific rules that you have to draft the quarterback by, you know, pick eight or something like that. And what we were talking about last week, where it's just completely open. This you're basically having for pretty much five different drafts uh, by position. You're going to have different strategies, the way you're going to go. Does what you do in the skill phase affect what you do in the O-line phase? It probably will. So it's going to be very interesting because you can have a complete game plan. This is almost like a fantasy draft that's split up into four because whatever happens in the first one can completely change what you do uh, in phase two. Yeah, that that's interesting. The strategy, it, it's basically you're doing your whole offense the first half of the this draft. I think the personalities of these teams are maybe the the a lot of the 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 stuff that's going to maybe define these teams might happen in stage five, actually, Bryant, because that's where it's kind of a free for all, and you can kind of sculpt your identity as a team. You could overload, like Oliver Luck said, on wide receivers or. Maybe uh, like like a coach, maybe like Winston Moss or someone else goes just a ton of DBs and hoards some DBs. That's where you could separate yourself. The parity will be a little uh, not non-existent, but it will be less stringent in, in round five, stage five. Excuse me. So um, interesting, though, that they didn't stagger it either. Vince, what do you think of that? That offense is stage one and two defense is stage three and four. And then it's kind of a free for all. I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, I don't I don't see a need really to bounce back and forth between different sides of the ball. Uh, you know, focus on on one thing and then and then move on to the next. I think that's going to help the flow of the draft. I mean, you know, you know, nine still at ninety seconds per pick. That's still a lot of a lot of time, a lot of picks. It's going to be two long days uh, up in Stanford. So. I, I kind of like the way they did it. I, I don't. I don't have any argument with this at all. And if we're a analyzing where teams are picking, skill phase DC is one, Houston two, New York three. You can see it up on our screen too if you're live on YouTube. Uh, Dallas four, Tampa Bay five, St. Louis six, Seattle seven, LA Bryant number eight. I mean, if if you were a coach and that tumbler was going and you're you're you had the pick of pick one in any of the phases. Skill phase, is that where you're going? Oh, one, number one overall. 
I mean, I, I have to believe. I don't. We don't know the order that L.A. chose, obviously, to be the number one pick in the offensive line phase. I'm more of like a. I kind of want to be in the middle during that round. If I'm if I'm at the top of one of these phases, I, skill phase is where you want to be, or maybe that any either of the defensive phases. So it's pretty cool. So to, to kind of clarify, because I needed clarity from Alan after the interview with Oliver Luck. Oliver Luck said the teams were put into uh, a big tumbler when the T-shirt was drawn. They get to choose exactly where they were picking in what position. It seemed like right. So if the DC defenders uh, shirt was drawn, if they wanted position one in the skills in phase one, they would get that. So. I would assume that most of these teams got to pick exactly where they want. Obviously, you're going to get some teams that have like the the, the, the last picks, right? They don't really have a choice. But in the skills phase, if anything, I'm actually kind of happy with LA's pick because you're going to get two solid players right away rather than just one really good one. It's it's kind of the – I would say the skill phase is the, the fantasy aspect of this draft, right? Where do you, Where is it in a fantasy draft that you want to pick when you're uh, picking your fantasy team? People like to pick number one overall, but sometimes you don't end up with a great number two. Uh, so you, you got to be careful. But I, I, I do like the way that uh, the, the LA is looking in this draft in terms of the skill phase and then picking first in the defensive phase. I'm excuse me, the O-line phase. I really like because I'm a huge fan, a uh, proponent of offensive tackle being one of the most important positions in football. So uh, things are breaking out pretty nicely for LA. Um, I did a little bit of research and, and, and kind of looked and see. It's pretty straight across the board. Everybody's picking generally around the same area there's not one person i'm sorry one team that's picking really high in all the picks or really low in all the all the different phases so uh oliver looks stress parody and i think we're going to get that with the way they've uh, put this all together yeah strategy wise real quick vince we'll get into a lot of the weeds there with strategy in this draft but if you assess that grid where each team's picking in each phase how do do you how do you view that do you see any advantage for anybody do you like the spots for any team in particular? Well, I do. I, I like what you said, Alan, about, um, you know, picking uh, first in the O-line phase might not be a good thing because you know, it, on the offensive line, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Um, so, so I would like picking towards the bottom there. Uh, you know, skilled players, you know, if you could grab that one elite guy, you know, you know, picking towards the top, that seems like a good thing to me. Uh, defensive line, you know, if there is an elite guy out there, uh, you can make an argument for that. But I also kind of look like picking low in that front seven to, to really stockpile some talent. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll even touch on the DBs here. I, You know, if you could get, get a lockdown player uh, to take away, you know, the, the other team's best skill player, that could be huge too. Uh, picking at the top of that DB phase. Yeah, and and what about what I said earlier about the open phase there, Vince? Don't you think that's where a lot of the teams are going to separate themselves or kind of carve out identities in terms of personnel? Do you think the open phase is where teams are going to kind of carve out identities in terms of personnel and what kind what kind of the makeup, the, essentially the skeleton of their team when it comes to the roster? i got to go through it a little bit uh, to – to really look at the numbers. Players, you have give plays. <laughs> I, I gotta look at the at the numbers as far as you know players that'll be drafted in each of these phases and how they're gonna fill, fill that out. 
before we get to that open phase. But uh, but I hear what you're saying. You know, maybe a specialty player, Alan, like a fullback or, or uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm serious. Uh, you know, will be taken in that open phase. I yeah, I, I believe. Uh... Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. Isn't isn't the the first aren't the first four phases uh, going to be ten players each for each team, and then the rest will be in the open phase? Correct. So it's it's ten players for each phase. The last phase, if we're talking seventy players, is going to be thirty thirty players drafted in the final phase. Uh, I might actually have that as an incorrect statement on our YouTube here, but it's fine. Uh, 30 players are going to be drafted in that final round, 40 players all together on that second day. Uh, so, Vince, you're really going to get 10 opportunities to kind of mold your starting cores as it comes to skills, O-line, uh, the front seven, and your DBs. The one position I worry about the most, I would say, is probably your defensive front seven because that's the most... I would say that's the positions in football that you're always substituting out, trying to get, you know, into your nickels or into a more run defensive. And you only get 10 choices for seven positions. That's only three backups. So open phase, you might see a lot of defense taken first just because how many wide receivers and running backs do you really need? Uh, Defense seems like where you're going to need that fluidity. Well, you say that, and then maybe that's going to lead more teams to play like a, uh, you know, maybe a 4 2 5 defense or a 3 3 5 stack defense. Uh, or we could see something like that where, uh-huh. where you yeah. know, more defensive backs are going to be played most of the time anyway. Yeah. I, th- I, I would bet on that, actually, Vince. And also, part of me, depending on my quarterback, which is why I love the open phase at the end, like, I don't know if. Maybe you might want to run that kind of – if you get, like, B.J. Daniels, I, maybe I would just get a bunch of tight ends in that open phase. <laughs> run, run the Ravens offense. They're scoring a lot of points. Yeah, or, or a lot of, you know, offensive linemen and defensive linemen that could also play fullback is probably <laughs> what I would get. I don't know about that. That's – okay, we'll argue about that on Saturday. How about 90 seconds in between picks? These phases are going to fly by, Bryant. <laughs> I 90 seconds it's gonna be so hard to process what's going on somebody's draft plan can get like if you're like the seventh overall pick right in the nfl draft you got 10 minutes to kind of regroup here <laughs> if you're the seventh overall pick in the first round you have 90 seconds to regroup and then in less than three minutes you have to pick again i've been it, in fantasy crazy. drafts with way longer than that to pick to make a stupid <laughs> you, fantasy your, pick. your draft can explode in front of your eyes in a matter of 90 seconds it, it is incredible that all of, i mean with 70 picks you kind of have to put a time limit yeah of, of 90 seconds uh for sure but still uh, 90 seconds in to to have a draft plan go from great to in, in that much time, it's definitely possible. And I see that happening probably to at least one team in every single one of these phases. <laughs> you, you're, wait, are I'm you serious? Are you, you have to have, hold on, you have to have four draft plans for at least the first four phases. And in, in, if if <laughs> the first five picks don't go your way, yeah. how much time do you really have to regroup and well, figure out what you're going to do Is next? this a situation where you have, you know, your, your, your big board written out for, for each of these phases and you're literally just picking... The, the top guy on that board. But what if you're the top guy every time it comes up is the running back? You're going to pick 10 running backs? I don't, I don't know. There's got to be some do. strategy. You got to keep, tra- keep track of that roster breakdown and, you know, have someone there spotting you. The, these war rooms are going to be really 
uh, fun to, to keep an eye on. Hopefully we'll get a glimpse at least on social media through all the teams. It did say follow them all. Uh, we'll get a, a look at what's going on. But I can only imagine... It, to sum it up in one word, what I expect, Vince, is chaos in those war rooms. It, do, you, do you put an extra value on position flexibility? Being like, oh my goodness, we just drafted another running back. I hope he can play receiver. <laughs> yeah. I, so wait, so Brian, are you essentially saying that teams might just blurt out names just so that they can't, they get a pick in? without thinking about it because 90 <laughs> seconds is so that, fast no, I, i'm not saying that i'm just saying that they might not blurt the right name <laughs> the intended name they might not even have a name ready who knows it, it's so chaotic what's what, what's about to take place you're putting an entire franchise together these are eight uh, you can call it whatever you want i'm calling it eight expansion drafts and really with no time in the middle of it all it's it's going to be a great time i can't wait that we're actually going to be in the building to see all this go down um, Alan, I might have to take one of these phases down, just kind of sit down and eat some popcorn and watch what's happening in front of me. Yeah, this is going to be like watching an action movie. Super fast-paced. I'm definitely going to have my popcorn ready. 90 seconds in between picks and uh, the five phases. Uh, we're going to break down strategy and players a whole lot uh, come Saturday's show. But as we wind down this special live edition of the program here on our YouTube channel, uh, the, the, the draft process, it is unique. It is once in a lifetime. Vince, it's never going to happen uh, again this way. We're going to have 70 rounds. But what about the eight players getting placed onto the onto the teams, the quarterbacks that Oliver Luck talked about with us earlier? Uh, what did you think of that? How, that, how that's going to lay out? And what do you think about him basically alluding to the fact that Allen was right? Look, in January, there's going to be more players infused into the league. Yeah, we've been kind of talking about this for you know quite some time. How the how the top quarterbacks are going to be you know, placed on the team at a later date. Um, still very curious to see who those guys are uh, that weren't already on the list. Yep, the the list will be finalized. Uh, I believe at least the draft pool list by Saturday's show, right, Bryant? That's why we're we're pretty much waiting wait until then to do the next program. Yeah, approximately 800 players have been announced already, so that's the four groupings. Uh, fifth grouping is expected Friday, uh, and then you guys have 24 hours to put an entire 70-round uh, uh, mock draft together. Ooh, I, we might just do that live on the show then. I don't know if I have, I have the time. i got to edit, <laughs> so we'll edit some shows Monday. down. We'll be here till the draft day. <laughs> oh, I'm not sleeping till that draft's over. Actually, not till the week after, because then we got to analyze all the picks. Uh, this is this is cool though. It's uh, cool that the league actually put this out on the website, the the, the phases, the order, how it's all going to work. It's there. It, you could visualize it. You you could see all the scrolls and the cool stuff uh, Bryant put together for our show here. But the league on XFL.com actually has it all spelled out for us as fans, which again is just more transparency from a football league that we often don't get, Vince. And uh, we're gonna be. It's, I mean, I don't know how much more transparent it gets than letting fans in the building during the draft. This is going not, this again. This is not a, a draft that's going to be broadcast on you know live like like the NFL draft does. This is a seventy round closed door draft, but they're still going to be given fans access, which is super cool and and epic and and really like I cannot stress it enough. As a football fan, as a draft nerd like you and I are, this is this is like. Haley's Comet flying through the sky in draft form. It's very rare. You have to just soak it in. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of wish it was still being it was uh, being held 
in, in the lobby of a hotel, like the uh, NFL. <laughs> cigar, a cigar smoke. <laughs> Cigars. Atlantic City. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, slot machines going off in the background. So. You know, this is you know it is very exciting. Uh, uh, I'm uh, excited to, to hear what you guys have to say about this experience being up there. Uh, fans getting close to this. This is something special. I can't wait. Uh, and I encourage everybody to follow along with the draft. All the listeners on XFL.com right now. And and Brian, can you speak to some of the content we're going to be putting out there? Just the quality of the play. Well, uh, uh, we're going to be putting out a lot of content. I almost can't even think about all the stuff we're going to put out. But we are going to be live in um, in Stanford. Me and Alan will be there with the with the folks from the XFL, and and we're going to be churning it out. Interviews, I assume, behind the scenes footage. Alan and I are probably going to do some shows from the hotels out there in Stanford, Connecticut. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so stick with us at XFL Show on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe here if you're listening live on YouTube. Uh, we'll definitely be putting out some stuff here on YouTube, Alan. You can vouch for that. Uh, two more things. I'll just say this. Drew, I am watching you. I see what you're you're typing. I, I'll see you <laughs> in St. Louis at some point. And number two, uh, DC, you are on the clock. Yes, they are. <laughs> the defenders are it. on the clock, baby. And also, shout out to our gentle patrons on Patreon. Uh, we did not get this is not the XFL show up yet. We will have one up before uh the rest of the football weekend plays out we know uh you, you uh subscribe for for that show a lot of you so we're going to get that up for you just a little bit later than usual with all the news coming out oliver luck interview we want to make sure we got out in front of this and we're able to go live of course stay tuned for that bonus show i guess we'll call it round two of this week uh saturday show where we talk players the the player pool that gets announced we'll break down as much of it as we can in, a, in an allotted amount of time. We won't go too crazy. It's not going to be a three-hour show unless unless you're ready for one, Vince. You know I'm always down. Well, it's, I mean, I'm t- got my calculator out, 90 seconds times 18 <laughs> times. It's going to be a long show. It is. It's going to be a long but fun show. Lots of bickering, lots of fun, and that's on Saturday. So check out the podcast feed for that. Subscribe on any podcast app of your choice and follow us at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And oh yeah, don't forget, there's a phone number too you can call in. 724-565-4XFL. That's 724-565-4XFL. That's the XFL fan line. If you want to call in and if you want to speak your mind verbally and be on the show, we'll play it maybe on the show. We want to hear from you. We we get voicemails, but we haven't played one in a while, Brian. We got to get some of those going. Uh engage with the fans it was a big week for fan engagement and also keep letting us know showing flaunting your season ticket emails and screen grabs and whatnot i love seeing those that gets me super hyped knowing that people are already uh pretty much waiting outside these buildings for games and uh man it's real it's like a real thing now like i said earlier the doors are open vince xfl's open for business welcoming fans in with open arms here we go and uh this was a this was a cordial show Saturday, I'm coming after you both, just so you know. You're both on the clock. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, Alan, you need to chill. We're still friends after this. We got to make it through next week. But, I, yes, come come guns a-blazing because we're, we're going to go at it uh, I'm gonna, on Saturday. I'm going to lay out who the Wildcats should be picking, Brian. And then if they don't pick them at the end of the year, if they don't win it all, I'm going to tell you, see, they should have picked them. That's We're going to go back to this show, this <laughs> moment in time, as we've been saying. 
throughout the program. All right. We got to get out of here, everybody. Appreciate you listening live on YouTube or on the podcast feed. For Bryant, for Commissioner Oliver Luck, for Vince, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening. <laughs>